everyone, this is Nate Scott, and this is the For the Win Podcast, your home to everything that's buzzing in the world of sports. My guest today is my colleague at For the Win, uh, a patriot, a scholar, and an overall good guy. It's Luke Curdenine. Hey, man. Nate, what's up? How are you? Happy Election Day. It's uh, our, as they say, our long national nightmare is almost over. It's I'm almost gonna, over. And, you're going to miss and, it a little bit, aren't you? I'm going to miss a little bit. But just to all the people out there who are mad that I jokingly suggested that you should vote for Theo Epstein today, please don't vote for Theo Epstein today. <laughs> please, please take it seriously. I was not being serious when I was suggesting that. So I hope you recognize that. Um, go out there and take it seriously. Folks, Luke is only half American. He, as you can tell by his accent, um, he's a traitor in our midst. So don't let his, his uh, imperialist thoughts sneak into your into your voting mind. Something I don't even know what I'm saying. Just That's don't listen right. to I, Luke. What is basically the main point here? Anything I say that has to do with anything remotely American, just remember that I only care about it half as much as you, <laughs> because that's that's how that works. I think <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, so it is election day, and we are going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But I think before we do, we should call our colleague Ted Berg, who is currently sitting, I, I think, standing in line, and he has been for two hours trying to vote in New York City. And I wanted to talk to him about the World Series. So let's let's make some good use of his time. That sound that sound okay? Yeah, such a good American, Ted Berg. I'm happy we're giving him a call. Great American. Okay, I'm calling him right now. Hello? Ted. Hello? Yes. It's Nate and Luke. You're on the podcast. Uh, what's up? <laughs> Are you in line still? Um, I'm about to vote. Oh, so we didn't time this very well, did we? No. Um, am I, I mean, is the podcast recording now? Are we, are we on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, but we can edit, podcast? we can edit this all later. We just wanted to talk to you about the World Series and that would keep you company while you're waiting in line. Um, yeah, now I know I actually got in the building. I'm like, uh, I don't know, 40 people shy of voting. All right. So I can talk for a little while, but I'm going to have to get up to the desk and, and do some stuff. Oh, this is Ted, awesome. I just, Ted, I just want to say that I admire your like, voting stamina. It's very American of you. It makes me, it makes me um, proud to be half American. Wait, Luke, shouldn't you be voting here too? I voted already. I, I'm, I'm ahead of the curve. Are you voting at that uh, public high school down the road? No, I'm voting at the it's a public uh, elementary school on 88th Street. Ah, oh, we're voting in different spots then. Yeah, no, I voted at the one on 91st Street. Ted and I, by the way, live like next door to each other, basically. So this is a big development. Yeah. Ted. You got the good one. This one had, I guess the scanners broke here or something. I don't know. It's been a long line. Ted, talk to us about the mood in the polling location. There is no food. Um, no, mood. You know what I was thinking? Mood. And, well, I the guess mood. food. Oh, I've got food on my mind. There's no food. <laughs> there are people coming around selling cookies and stuff to support the school, but they're all, they're already they're only selling prepackaged cookies, which is absurd, right? Like if you're having a bake sale, bake for me, right? I don't want to buy your like Linden's chocolate chip cookie to support your school. Well, if you're hungry, you very um, well might. I might, but I we just had breakfast. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, what I really it's need awesome. is coffee. What I I really need coffee real bad. Oh yeah, I saw you. I saw you uh, uh, selling your vote on Twitter for a coffee. Uh, I'd sell way more than that for a coffee at this point. 
the the thing that's so amazing is that you know the thing the thing I have against bake sales is that they upcharge you so much. You know, like two dollars for one brownie is such a ripoff, but it's a brownie, so you do it anyway. But to but to, to upsell you based on prepackaged cookies, that's like a new low. I mean, these middle schoolers right. really step it up. I mean, I'm in this for like the Duncan Hines cupcake with with the pre made icing. Like you don't have to go that far. Like you don't have to be making everything from scratch. But there's a very specific cupcake I'm looking for at a bake sale. And if you don't have that, I'm not I'm not patronizing your bake sale. <laughs> Ted, how how have you recovered from the World Series? Have you gotten all this the champagne out of your nose? Uh, kind of. You know, like I'll, I'll put on clothes and. I think they're clean, and then I'm like, nope, nope, this this smells funny. <laughs> I think that I had this on the road. I must have missed this in the laundry pile. Um, and I'm still, you know, the coffee thing, is, I think, is fallout from that, is you just get so helplessly addicted to caffeine that now I wake up and it's like, all I can think about is coffee until I get coffee, and then like a few hours later, uh, same thing happens. I just need the coffee so bad. I must say that uh, this this summer or this year even it's not summer anymore has been uh, has been quite the hit to my uh, my ego with this stuff. So with Nate, you going to the Olympics for a month, and then with Ted just being sort of perpetually on the road covering baseball games deep into the night for like three straight months. I just you know I, I realized that me being slightly tired after two days of a golf tournament just makes me sound really pathetic. Hey man, that Ryder Cup was a was a grind. Oh, I know, I know. Like there, there was like there was like eighteen whole holes of walking around that I had to deal with. It was really difficult. Oh. Guys, there's a far more legit bake sale going on right in front of me. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too loud, but it's talk us through it. Talk us through it. Um, looking at me right now. Do you need to go? Um, there's some. No, no, I can. I, it, there's some donuts. There's some like real looking cake. Oh man, they, they've got. Um, food from Glazers, which is like the dope bakery on Luke. Do you know Glazers? Yes, this is where I get the donuts to dunk in my coffee. This is how this happened. So this this is a oh, huge Oh, yeah. Thing. No, Glazers is incredible. It's like a 100-year-old bakery on First Avenue that everyone who's listening to should go to and go out of your way to go to because it's awesome. But don't not when I'm going because I don't want there to be a line. <laughs> Um, yeah, I went there on I went there on like noon on a Friday once, and there was a line. It's just like I was like, how's there a line right now? This doesn't make any sense. Guys, this is a super um, relatable podcast right now to a national audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it's illegal to like be on the phone while you vote? I think that's probably illegal. Yeah, I think you're probably gonna have to hang up. That would be really cool though. How 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 many people you got left? Yeah. Um, there's like 15 to 20 people ahead of me oh, right wow. now. Okay, so um, quickly. But, but there's multiple. What's that? Yeah, go on. Shoot. Um, hit me. Hit me. Talk. Game seven. Historical uh, placement for World Series games. Where do you have it? Um, I mean, I haven't done that ranking. And, you know, it's probably the best one I've been at, for sure. Um, and it's the one that the Cubs won the World Series on after 108 years. So I don't think you could put it too high. You know, it's not, um, it didn't end on a walk-off homer, you know, so it's not like the 1991 Joe Carter game. Uh, I always love the homer to end a uh, World Series, but, uh, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. You know, I, like, I don't, I don't think you could really argue with someone saying, like, that's the biggest game in baseball history. That's incredible. Ted, Ted I'm kind of curious. Like, I've read a few articles sort of trying to throw this forward, saying, like, oh, you know, the Cubs, they're going to, they, they could, you know, have a dynasty and then the public opinion could shift against them. I mean, 
are people really talking about that when it comes to the Cubs? Because right now, I feel like oh I'm yeah, still- yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of Cubs backlash. A really? lot of it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's you know, uh, Cubs fans have a way, and um, <laughs> <laughs> they're. Um, and then they definitely, I definitely saw a lot of people who got, I think a lot of people who've been following baseball pretty closely for a long time, heard so much about the Cubs this year because they were, you know, wire to wire, the best team. Like you looked at them on paper in February, this is clearly the best team. Look at them on paper in October, clearly the best team. And I think people just, that's just always going to elicit some uh, backlash, but I got to go vote. Right now, it's happening. Go, go vote, go vote, go Go, Ted. Peace out. See ya. All right, all right. That was uh, that was baseball and voting with Ted. We've now we've now covered the uh, election. Truly inspiring, you know, act uh, that that Ted just pulled off there. Talking bake sale, talking New York City food knowledge, talking baseball, and talking voting lines. So, um, props to it. That was probably the most patriotic moment in the history of. The For the Win podcast. <laughs> and it mostly concerns sort of baked goods. So yeah, I well, I mean, hey, man, fattening, <laughs> fattening pastries is really uh, a bedrock of what this country's made on. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of that moment. I'm proud we got in one and a half uh, baseball questions. And now we can move on. So what do you want to talk about first, Chelsea or the NFL? Let's... Because people are going to tune out if we talk about a so- uh, if we talk about NFL <laughs> first, let's 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 uh, hold our captain audience to uh, splurge about Chelsea a bit because man, they look so good this season. So for those of you who don't know, Luke is a Chelsea supporter, and Chelsea is on a phenomenal run of games. They are currently second in the Premier League, trailing only Liverpool, on a year that um, comes just one year after a terrifyingly disappointing season for Chelsea uh what 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 did you guys finish last year 11th or 10th I believe 10th or 11th and um now sees them right back up at the top of the Premier League all order seems to have been restored I I do want to talk to you a little bit about that too what you and I both said this was going to be a rebuilding year Conte had to implement his his uh philosophy it would take time the guys wouldn't be able to pick it up that turned out to be totally wrong <laughs> he like made the switch to 343 his preferred formation and they instantly started winning every game 6 to nothing um why is this team built so well to kind of adapt to this and and thrive under this new system yeah it was really weird cuz i don't think we were I, or at least i don't think the logic was wrong that we were sort of saying earlier in the season about how this is you know, three, four, or five at the back, or three at the back, or whatever you want to call it, and Conte's sort of general system of pressing and attacking faster move. Like, these are complicated systems that require a lot of work to go into them. Um, and so I don't think the logic was wrong in us thinking this was a rebuilding year for Chelsea, but I think it Conte's sort of stumbled upon two things, right? Like, he's stumbled upon what is really, like, the perfect formation. Like, he stopped trying to fit round pegs and square holes you know he three four three is perfect for ed and hazard because it gives him little defensive responsibility and all the attacking freedom in the world it's perfect for costa it's perfect for kante and matic um there are just so many um it, it's perfect for the back line because david louise now that he has two men around him instead of one man around him, means that he can be a little more adventurous at the back so he's got a bit of a security blanket so i think It's a combination of him working really hard with the team on the training pitch. He obviously doesn't have Champions League soccer this 
easier to contend with, so yep. he can put in a lot more hours. But he's also just stumbled upon the perfect formation that kind of, um, it really has just clicked everything into gear. And you don't really see it a lot, not just in soccer, but in sports, where you just make one minor tweak and suddenly everything works perfectly. It's really interesting. Well, and, you know, now that I'm looking at it in hindsight, it, it just makes absolute total sense. And I think that when you and I were talking about it, we even sort of said, like, oh, geez, now that they brought in N'Golo Kante from Leicester and, and David Luiz back, it sort of makes sense on paper. And then you watch it in action, it's like, oh, my God, this really makes sense <laughs> because um, the team's just perfect for it. He stiffened up the middle of the field. Um, he, he found a system that perfectly complements everything good that David Luiz does and covers up all the bad stuff that he does. And he's got Conte and Matic to, to patch up any holes in the midfield. And Eden Hazard and Diego Costa and Pedro or, or Victor Moses, whoever else, just gets to have fun and do what they do and beat guys and, and put people on posters, basically. And I don't, I've got them pegged to win the league now. You know, I, I think that the transformation at Man City, that's the one that's taking longer than I thought. That one is a work in progress. That's Pep is really trying to change the philosophy. They're growing pains there. He's asking John Stones to become a player he's maybe not comfortable yet becoming. Um, you know, he's, he's asking them to kind of change the way they play, change their philosophy. Some players are adapting quickly, Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne. Others, it's going to take a long while. So I don't know. Yeah, and like that's the thing that I think maybe um, all of us undersell a little bit in the Premier League is that um, when you don't have midweek games in the form of European soccer, things just become so much easier. We saw it with Leicester last week. We saw it, oh, sorry, last year. We saw it with Liverpool two seasons before that. Um, when you're not going one, you know, 90 minutes and then two days off and then 90 minutes and then three days off and then 90 minutes it's just become so much easier when you can get into a rhythm of one game a week because it means you can have a day of rest and then you can have six days of preparing for that one game, which is three or four more than everybody else. And that's what Chelsea are experiencing too. Um, and and add to that this sort of a bunch of good players who had kind of a perfect storm of bad last season is now sort of self-correcting a little bit. Um, I think they're gathering a lot of momentum. Um, and I think it really will be between Liverpool and Chelsea come the end of it, though I do I would be surprised if Man City don't right the ship at least a little bit. I love that Arsenal's found its way to fourth place again. It's just, uh, it's home. It's home. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, and there's just no end in I mean, I feel for Arsenal fans a little bit at this point because they're so clearly like, um, you know, they're only like they're in a relationship where they're only 80 percent happy with Arsene Wenger. So like they don't quite know, they, there's not quite the impetus to like break up the relationship. But, you, you, you know, there's just that one tweak away that they're never going to get. So they're in this constant state of uh, what should I do? I'm, I don't know what to do. Well, I mean, Mesut Ozil's a genius. You know, I, I picked this as the year that Arsenal kind of fell off and I just totally underestimated how good he is and how good he's been. Um, they're still thin up top. They still have issues in the back. Their squad's still not quite deep enough to handle the rigors, and they have injury problems. It's the, it's the tale as old as time. It happens every year. So um, it's weird. It's like we're back in a normal Premier League season. You know, It's like after last year, in which just everything went absolutely insane, and you and I were on the podcast every week just sort of freaking out and not knowing what to do. It's like, oh, yeah. 
Man City, Man U, Liverpool, Arsenal. Tottenham's pretty good. Uh, Chelsea's right up there at the top. It's, you know, it's the, the teams that we expect to do well are, are doing well. Um, yeah, last season was just such such a like an ever-present state of confusion i mean i remember at christmas we did this podcast and you said leicester would sneak in at fourth and i said they'd finish like fifth or sixth like every it was just it was bizarre like the regression never came they just kept it's like they kept pulling a rabbit out of a hat every single week dude we Um, had a podcast three weeks before the end of the season saying do we actually think they can do it they can pull it (laughs) off like we didn't believe it up until the moment they you know west morgan hoisted the trophy trophy we just did we there was nothing there was no footing to get our ground you know there was no we'd never seen anything like it and so i know it seems like it almost seems like a dream now looking back on it like wait because we're we're back in the normal world of the of the epl you know we're back now this everything makes sense again you know these teams the teams at the top of course they're at the top they have some issues they'll work them out last year it was like we i didn't know what to do yeah and like it's just so tough to for uh like to put in context of it would be like the Browns right now, like going on a run to win the Super Bowl or something. Like yeah. it's just, it's so mind-boggling what happened last year. Um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was a total blast. But I, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's right. Or I don't know. Or the the Browns going sixteen and zero next year with the same group of players with Case. Uh, you know, I don't even know who is their quarterback now. Case Keenum isn't their quarterback. Who is the yeah, Browns' is quarterback? McC- is, is McCown back in the? There's so many. We're two professional sports writers, and we don't know who the the is. It Cody Kessler. I've tried to purge the Browns from my memory. Well, it's been tough because it's Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler is the quarterback. Because McCown got injured, right? And he obviously took over Margie three. Who got injured? Yeah. So basically, this is if if Cody Kessler next year took the Browns to fourteen and two and won the Super Bowl. That is that's sort of what's going on. Anyway, whatever. Um. I want to talk more about the NFL in a minute, but before we do, got to tell everyone about Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports the For the Win podcast. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century, fast, powerful, and completely online. Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all this on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com FTW. Again, that's quickenloans.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 30. 30. All right. NFL time. You and I are both writing about the NFL this year, an Englishman and a, and a former college soccer player as, as, <laughs> as, as, as is wont to do, at least at this website. So, um, just want to hit on a few teams, impressions you've had, things you've been surprised by Raiders. Are you buying in? I'm not sure if I, I mean, I'm look, I'm buying them in the context of like, 
you know, the AFC, I know the AFC is a little top heavy, but you take out the Patriots, you take out um, the Steelers, although they've been looking a little shaky in recent weeks. You do sort of one, you kind of look around the AFC and you wonder who are the teams to beat. I mean, um, so in the context of that, yes, they're obviously a very good team, right? Like seven and two, um, there's seven and two in a, you know, a decent-ish division. Like, I guess it's the best, yeah, I guess no, it's probably it's the, the second best. best Second best, best or the best in, in yeah. the AFC, right? But um, I think in terms of are they good in the sense that are they a Super Bowl contender? I'm still not sold on them. I think there are holes on this defense. I think um, I, I think Cars isn't. I, I think he's good and he's promising, but I still think there is sort of a little bit of holes on all over this team. So I'm not. Maybe I'm just being a little too pessimistic, but I'm not quite sure. Our colleague Stephen Ruiz wrote a great piece last week, I believe, about how. Um, this offense is actually is actually doing a good job sort of making Derek Carr look better than he is. So I kind of buy into that side of the argument a little more. Um, you know, that said, like, I'm a big believer in the NFL that you get into the playoffs and there are so many toss-up games that it, it, it's, it's not unforeseen that a team like the Raiders could go on a run. But um, I'm not as all-in on them as uh, maybe you are. I don't know. What do you think about the Raiders? Yeah, I'm... <clears throat> You know, I'm a. I thought that win last this week was great. I'm a little concerned. If you look at the point differential, 245 points for, 223 points against. Um, by comparison, the Patriots have scored 217 points and given up 132 points. Um, or if you want to look at another team, the Broncos, 214 points for, 166 points against. So you know, this team is <clears throat> perhaps should be a little closer to 500 than they are. That said, they've won five games on the road, and there's clearly something going on there that, you know, this this offense is performing really well. Derek Carr is making good decisions, and frankly, they surrounded him with really, really good playmakers. You know, they've got three running backs who can all play. They've got uh, Amari Cooper and uh, who's the other wide receiver? I'm, I'm, I'm spacing right now. but um, Crabtree. Michael Crabtree. Lovely uh, little receiving core they've got there. They've got playmakers. They've got the best punter in the NFL. Their special teams is killing other teams, which, you know, special teams, I guess, <laughs> wins championships. Um, so I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm still not completely sold. I still think the Broncos will win that division. That defense is just too good. Um, but I don't know. The Raiders are intriguing. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. I think I I I guess I disagree. I think the Raiders will win the division, but I think they'll have a quick exit in the playoffs. And you know, it's just it's one of these things. It always confuses me. Um, where where it's it's just a matter of you can yes, you can only beat what your what's put in front of you, but um, you don't quite know how to value that versus other teams in the NFL, right? So like they 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 have a narrow loss to say a team like Atlanta who good obviously but they have some holes in there um they beat the saints they beat the they beat the titans and so you look down the schedule they they kind of crushed jacksonville they beat san diego they you can you can be impressed with elements of each of these wins but you also take a step back and you say like you know is is jacksonville a good football team like how how much credit do we assign somebody for beating jacksonville or how much credit do we assign somebody for banking on two extra point conversions to beat the saints um it's 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 a tough question to ask but i sort of come down on the side where i am not ready to buy in fully because 
while they are beating bad teams in a lot of cases, they are still bad teams. Like, so I'm not, you know, Tampa looks very weird this season to yep. be nice. So I'm just not going to rush to sort of lavish praise on the Raiders, even though there are some elements of this team where they should be, okay. where fans should be excited. about. All right. I've got an interesting question for you. Best yeah. team, best team in the NFL right now where you and I are in agreement is the New England Patriots. Yep. Not even particularly close. Nope. What is the second best team in the NFL right now? Oh, my, it's tough because a few weeks ago I would have said a team like the Steelers, right? Yep. Um, but man, like obviously the <laughs> life comes at you fast, dude. Life comes at you fast. I mean, the injury to Ben Roethlisberger is obviously um, he came back last week, but he looked bad. Um, and then it, it, it's weird too. Sorry, I'm kind of avoiding your question because I think about the next contenders. You know, I, I think about the Seahawks, which like. I have not been impressed by the Seahawks this nope. season at all. Um, that that offensive Vi- line is awful, and if Russell Wilson can't move, which he hasn't been able to, they are in trouble. I mean, they're patching together the line, and, and he's starting to move a little better. They they put a lighter brace on his ankle, but uh, they they got things. Seahawks are not perfect. Um, they yeah, should I mean, have they- lost that game yesterday, I thought. Yeah, I mean they've they've scored twelve points or less in three games so far this season. That's atrocious. Yep. I mean, there's no way around that. Then you look at the Vikings, who I was all in on the Vikings, and they just imploded the past few weeks too. Yep. So, it's a genuinely tough question. I guess, um, I guess I would say maybe the Cowboys are the second best. Um, <laughs> Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the second best team in the NFL. I think I agree. Uh, God, I don't know. It's it's much easier to pick sort of insurgent teams. Like yeah. I, I I'm quite bullish on a team like the Lions, for example. You yeah. know, like even though they're clearly not the best team in the NFL by any stretch, they have the ability to do some interesting things. I think um, just the way they're structured. But in terms of second best, yeah, I guess I would say the Cowboys. I still think that they should go with Romo when they can because I think for as promising Dak Prescott has been this season. I still think he's benefiting primarily because of a good running game, a good offensive line, um, and some good play calling on the offensive side of the ball. And those aren't necessarily things that Romo wouldn't also be able to benefit to. Um, but they, they are the team that I look at that has the most kind of structure about them. They, they have a, you can sort of pinpoint reasons why they're doing well. Like they put Dak Prescott in a position to succeed because of the good things that that franchise has going on at the moment. So that's who I would probably say is the second best team in the league. Ready for mine? Second best team in the NFL? You're going to love this. It's here. The Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Nate, I knew I loved you. I knew I loved you. <laughs> Luke is an, an Atlanta, or grew up sort of an Atlanta fan. Um, I did. I did. In, I grew. I went to high school and college in sa- southern South Carolina, and uh, you know, thirty minutes from the Georgia border, so it's big Falcons territory. But, but I don't mean to dominate the combination. Please, Nate, explain to me why you think the Falcons are, are the um, best, second best team in the NFL. So you know, watching NFL every week, you know, I, I, defense is wildly important. We saw last year that it can win a championship. I'm looking. I'm. Just talking purely offense, though, there are three teams this year that have, or two teams this year that have come anywhere even close to what the Patriots are doing. One is the Steelers when Roethlisberger's healthy, and the other is the Falcons. They're the only two teams that look to me like they can score on any play, much like the Patriots can just, they can beat you in a hundred different ways. 
And with the Falcons are going, Matt Ryan has never played better. Julio Jones is uncoverable. And they can run the ball. And if the defense can just play well enough, which is a big if, um, they're the team that I say, you know, that's the team that I'm looking out of the NFC saying, okay, this is a team that can can score on anyone that seems to be much better coached. They're putting together enough on defense to sort of limit things. They're scoring more points than anyone. That's, that's the team that impresses me. Dallas scares me. I, I just uh, – there's – too many things, too many question marks, too much history there. So for me right now, and this could change, the Seahawks could come together, um, the Cardinals could make a run. You know, I think it was interesting talking about the the Lions. Um, but for me right now, the Falcons are the team that I'm, I'm scared of. You know, it's interesting with the Falcons because you experienced this with your beloved Fulham, I'm sure. But when you get so close to a team, um, you end up seeing all the faults instead of all the um, all the good about them. Whereas if you take one step back, you generally see the good things. Um, I've been, um, you know, I pick NFL spreads every week on Facebook Live and on our site. And I've just been so bad when it comes to picking Falcons games. So you should probably pick against me every time I <laughs> make a Falcons pick on a side note. But um the one thing that I've been, I think, is a lesson we can all learn from the Falcons is that um, they didn't do things in a very textbook manner. So what I mean by that is that um, the Falcons have nothing, like less than nothing, on the defensive side of the yeah. ball. They're just atrocious. But um, they, a lot of NFL GMs and a lot of head coaches would have looked at that problem and said, okay, how do we fix the defense? And they would have gone out there and fixed the defense. Um, and they would have sort of had a, they would have made a bad defense, slightly less bad this season. They would have scraped and, you know, they would have scraped a decent record. The Falcons kind of went the opposite route. They said, we have nothing on defense, but we have some really good offensive weapons. Let's go all in on offense and let's just play to our strengths. And so Kyle, between Kyle Shanahan and between Matt Ryan and between Julio Jones and all these other, uh, and obviously all these other things that they have going on them they've just been riding uh they've been playing to their strengths in a really important way so it, it looks weird to kind of neutrals because they're like i guess they're trying to win by completely discounting defense but what they're actually doing is playing to their strength they're not cr- they're not necessarily trying to immediately correct their bad the bad parts of their team they're just trying to expand on their good parts they're going out and signing muhammad sanu because they think he can just make a good offense and even better offense. Um, and what they've done is they've crafted an offense that's better than any other in the league at the moment, maybe. Um, and that can win you games. So I do think it's a, it's an important lesson that we can necessarily, that we can all learn as sports fans that you don't necessarily need to, um, you don't necessarily need to do both things. Well, if you do one thing better than anyone else. Yeah. And, you know, I think for them, what they've, got to do on defense is try and mimic what their rivals to the South New Orleans did a few years ago, which is, yeah, we're going to give up a bunch of yards. Let's get some ball hawks out there and hope we can turn the ball over a few times. And if we can do that, that's going to cover up all the issues because we can score no matter what. And, you know, they're, they're okay on, on turn, you know, they forced 10 turnovers so far this season, kind of right in the middle of the pack. If they can keep that going, if they can keep that, you know, that differential up, um, or maybe get lucky with some some bouncing balls their way. You know, I think this is a team that can, if you can do one thing really, really, really well, then 
that's a lot better than most teams in the NFL right now because everyone else is just sort of in this big soupy middle. Um, and then there's some awful teams. Anyway, yeah, it's better to do one. It's better to do one thing really amazingly well than two things kind of average to good. Exactly, you know? and that's a lot of the other teams. That's what everyone's doing, and they're all four and four because of it. Anyway, Luke, awesome talking to you, man. Uh, I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Talk more about the Premier League. Talk more about NFL. Everyone else, this is the For the Win podcast. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Stitcher. We are on Audio Boom. Please like and review us. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. It helps out a lot. Hit us up. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Nate Scott. Luke's on Twitter at Luke Kerdanine. And anything else, Luke? What do you got coming up that we should keep an eye on? Uh, just a couple things. Just wrote something about Jared Goff, um, which LA Rams fans won't like too much, but I think it's interesting. So check it out. All the best content lives on For the Win. So, that is um, I think that's an undeniable fact, right, Nate? Absolutely correct. Uh, FTW.usatoday.com. Read us, like us. We're also on Facebook and Twitter for the win. Uh, all that good stuff. Luke, man, uh, let's talk soon. Always a pleasure, mate.